Welcome to the Insider Safe Place for Men podcast show. Because every male survivor deserves hope, healing, support, and a BMW. And here's your male survivor, leadership coach, and hypnotherapist, Thomas Edward. Hey everybody, what's up? What's up? How's everyone out there doing? Hey, I know it's been a while, but here I am. All right, Coach T coming to you guys, Insider Safe Place for Men, our podcast. Yeah, guys, it's been a minute and a lot of stuff has been been going on. And uh, for me, of course, uh, the heat, we've got the heat. Everyone's probably dealing with record heat you know, around here, especially here in California and Sacramento. And for me, I have to get up and I have to go do stuff like walk or do my little walk and stuff like at 7 a.m. in the morning because by the time it's 8, 8.39, right, it's almost already like 90, 90 degrees <laughs> outside. Oh, man. I was like, and you guys know how I am from spending 20-something years in Seattle. I love the rain and I love the clouds. So I'm like, man, I feel like just getting away maybe just a little bit up, head up, head up north. Um, I was there, let's see, last month because I had two workshops up there. So it was great. It was awesome. I enjoyed that cooler weather. And then after that, I had um, some time in New Mexico, uh, which New Mexico was hot. But the, the thing about New Mexico was that it would cool down in the evenings, right? So whatever that desert, you know, type of environment. So it wasn't too bad because, you know, you could at least crack your, crack your window a little bit and it was going to cool down at nighttime. And it's like here, man, and you guys know me, I'm kind of the, you know, I'm from, I'm child from the, um, the 80s, 70s, whatever, when we had to like conserve energy, right? So for me, I usually don't turn the air condition on inside the house until it reaches like 82, 83 <laughs> degrees on the inside. Uh, when the fan's like, okay, that's not enough. I got to turn the, the air condition on. I know you guys are probably saying, ooh, that's, that's, that's kind of warm. Yeah, you know, if you're outside, it, it does, probably doesn't feel like that. But when you're inside, it does feel um, kind of warm. So, yeah, we're just here. This is this time of year. But I've had a great time, you know, doing the workshops in some other states. Hey, I want to share with you guys, I just want to, um, like, it's, it's been a while, and there's just so much stuff that's going on. Some of you guys asked about my mother's, like, you know, we're still working with her health, and what we did was, um, she's 90, and so what we did was we flew her, flew her over to the East Coast, and so we flew her over to the East Coast, because she's, like, kind of the last surviving, you know, member, you know, of the family. Of course, my father's been deceased for a while, and, and so her sister-in-law is kind of the last person that's left, so we... We flew her out there, so um, and could you guys know Juneteenth and stuff was up, and it's interesting, you know, when we think about you know Juneteenth, it's like of course they've made it whatever uh, I, I don't know national whatever the holiday or something, but coming up we we just always celebrate it because my mom is from Texas, right, and so we have that whole history of understanding what went on there uh, in Galveston, so it was something that was just normal, you know, for us to to celebrate. You know, as opposed to just the 4th of July. <clears throat> so for us, Juneteenth was the date. So we always flew her over to, to the East Coast to hang out uh, with the last relative, her, her sister-in-law. And then she got sick. 
So she got pneumonia and she had some other stuff. And so, you know, so she's, she's stuck over there. She was in the ICU and then, you know, finally they got the pneumonia stuff under control. And so now they're trying to rehab her to the point where we can put her back on the plane and get her back to Illinois. So <clears throat> just a whole bunch of, of different stuff that is going on. But I was just grateful that she got, you know, that opportunity um, to, to visit with her sister-in-law uh, just just one more one more time um, there. And so, you know, sometimes she's in, out, sometimes she's lucid, sometimes she's not. <clears throat> but she's still that, that little generous woman there with all that wonderful um, love uh, and uh, bundle up inside of, inside of her. So that's, that's great and that's wonderful. All right, so today what I'm going to, to do, I'm just going to, like I say, I'm not going to get in my soapbox here, but maybe, maybe I am. But I'm going to talk just a little bit about um, kind of going back to the beginning. I'm going to say, and talking about beginning this, this journey of healing, I'm going to say from the emotional trauma that we're dealing with, from the sexual abuse. And then I want to talk about just some of the signs that we know that we are actually healing. <clears throat> and so let me share with you, with you where this comes from. You guys know when I talk about stuff, it's usually because I'm working with someone, I'm coaching someone. So I had uh, two clients. And so what they did was both of them went up to the website. So they went to the website for a safe place for men. And they decided, you know, when you go to the, the member access, it's like, okay, do you want to try this out and, and sign up for the different tier letter, tier levels? And so I had two two guys. So one guy, he when he signed up for tier three level, which I think is 50 bucks, whatever a month. You know, but it has all these things. So it has the Insiders podcast, the archive podcast shows. You get uh, the trauma white papers. You get safe tips each week that are emailed to you. You can actually be a podcast guest if you want to, which gives a lot of people an opportunity to work things out. Educational videos. You get personal issue videos. So you've got something you're dealing with. You know, then I shoot you out and make you a, a video, send it to you. We've got, you know, meditation MP3s up there and even a free online course. So I had two guys, and they both signed up. So one individual, four months uh, into it, I just noticed there just wasn't any activity. Like I would just reach out, hey, but no activity, right? Because you can tell if they've actually signed up and they've started engaging whatever in the material. So one did, and then one didn't. So the one individual who was kind of gung-ho, I mean, he signed up for everything that was there. So he was getting you know, the weekly tips and he was getting um, the educational videos. And then he asked for, hey, I'm dealing with this. Can you do a personal video on this? It did that. And then he had, you know, access to a couple of the online courses. So in the I'm going to say in the span of, uh, like we said, four months, the one individual. So he decides whatever to cancel his membership. Right. It's only six. It's only six um, Six months. The one under other individual, he's in his fourth month. And so he sends me an email. And uh, he's like, he said, I want to share with you. He's like, this has just been some of the some of the best stuff he's like, I've, I've, I've ever run into. And so he said, just put me kind of on this 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 path of, of healing and and working through some of the issues and, you know, getting the personal video that you, you sent to me. 
And he says, it's helped me so much. He says, not just in working with the abuse, but also understanding the areas where I've been actually limiting myself because of the, the sexual abuse. And he says, I've been applying some of these these things to help me in my job. And he says, I just want to let you know, because I've done those things, because I've done those assignments and worked through some of the issues and things that you talked about, he says, they gave me more confidence. And he says, I was able to walk into my job, right? He says, and get a promotion. And he says, I got a 15K promotion. And he says, I just want to thank you so much. And he says, now he says, I am just, he says, now I'm wondering what else I really can do. And so he says, now I just want to do your full coaching program and work this out because he said, I can see where this has taken me. And with what you just gave me through that little glimpse there for months, he's like, I know I can accomplish so much more. So what, what is this? This is the story of, I'm going to say, two men. And maybe so you've heard it before. So there was one guy. Over the course of two years, he just decided ah, he was, you know, just to relax and stuff. He was going to drink uh, one beer each day. OK, there was another guy. But what he decided was that, OK, well, you know, what I'm going to do is just each day I'm just going to walk him out just for some little exercise, just for some relaxation. Not much, just just a mile, not much, just one beer. And so at the end of two years, they kind of took a look at their lives. And so the guy who's like, well, you know, just just one beer, whatever, a day, he had gained about 40 pounds. <laughs> the person who was just walking a mile a day, which really wasn't that much, had lost 40 pounds. He was in better shape, right? And he was living a better life. The point is, each of them were doing things at small increments, Small, comfortable increments. One became, we're going to say, a habit of possible destruction. And one became a habit of growth. Okay, growth and transformation. This is the opportunity that you have. This is the opportunity that you have. Will it be one of growth or Will it be one, I'm going to say, of destruction or just takes you even further from your goal? And so I'm asking you to, to, to really think about this. If, if you haven't really decided, what, what do I want to do? How am I going to work towards healing, healing from whatever the emotional trauma around the sexual, sexual abuse? I want you to decide, what are, you, what are you going to do? Now, that's if you're really interested, okay? If you're not, then it just falls on deaf fears, and right, you continue to go your way, but I'm talking to the person who really wants to transform, the person who really wants their life to change. Now, here's the thing. When we think about, I'm going to say, this trauma that we're dealing with, and some of the steps when we're talking about healing from the emotional trauma, what we need to realize, there are some common emotional responses and I notice that sometimes what it is is that we don't even recognize those common emotional responses because there's so much stuff that's going on in, in our lives that we don't really take time to invest in ourselves. 
And I know it can be difficult, right? So we're trying to take care of the kids. We got significant other spouse, partner that's going on. And then I'm trying to hold down the job and do all these different type of things. And so it's like, you know, that really doesn't leave me much time to possibly either work on my issues, acknowledge my issues. And I may not even know that I have any because I have so much stuff that's going on. And this is where that principle of figuring out either what it is and then just starting to work on little pieces of it can actually be transforming for us. So maybe here are, maybe here are some of the, I'm going to say, some of the common emotional responses that we might have in our lives because of the, the sexual abuse, right? So we've got, you know, increased arousal or, or hypervigilance. So when I was um, at one of the workshops, I had an opportunity to spend some time with an, an individual, right? And this individual... This individual is a, this person actually is a PhD. Um, and so we would consider him a doctor. And so as I was working with him, what I noticed, I'm like, wow, I said, bro, you really have a lot of hypervigilance. He's like, yeah, he's not, he's like, you know, my PSD, whatever is kind of off, is off the charts sometimes. It's difficult for me to sleep. And I just have this increased uh, sense of, of arousal and not feeling safe and, and so we had an opportunity to, you know, kind of work through, you know, some of those things. But he said there was a point where I didn't even realize that this was one of the common emotional responses that was going on inside of me because of the sexual abuse, he said, until I start working with you. Okay. So hypervigilance, increased arousal. Or maybe one of the emotional responses for you dealing with is, is of course, post-traumatic stress disorder. And that can have so many different nuances in the way that it looks like. So let's just, just talk about maybe some that take place for survivors. So you're the type of person where maybe you are avoiding social settings. So social settings with friends, social settings with loved ones. And it could be especially if it's within the family context and the abuse is taking place within the family context. Maybe it's avoidance because it's difficult for you to be around sitting at the same table, across the table from one of the individuals you know that actually sexually abused you. And I can relate to that because I've been in that situation before. But you notice that one of your emotional responses is to, is you just avoid social settings. You don't feel comfortable around individuals. And so, Maybe you're not normally what you would consider a intro introvert, but because of the emotional response, that's one that you've, I'm going to say, created a habit around. And so you've created the habit of actually avoiding social settings. And it could be simple stuff like, you know, even just going to the gym, not feeling comfortable, whatever in the gym, not feeling comfortable, whatever in your own skin. Or I'm going to say other common emotional responses when we're talking about, um, you know, healing from, um, I'm going to say the emotional trauma, whatever, of the sexual abuse is feelings of anger and irritability. And here's the thing when we talk about uh, anger. Oftentimes, individuals, when we talk about anger, and those of you that I have worked with and we've talked about, you know, whatever, the three stages, oftentimes anger is what we choose because we really don't have either the knowledge, we don't have the vocabulary, or we don't have the nuance of what's really 
going on. So in other words, maybe what it really is, I'm feeling powerless, but I don't know how to put it into words. Maybe I'm feeling disappointed, but I don't know how to put it into words. And so then it just comes out as being anger and irritability. Okay, so maybe that's not what what it really is, but that's how it's manifesting and that's how I'm labeling it because that's the only way I know how to, to label it. Maybe I haven't been given words to be able to recognize other emotions that it might be. Okay, so so that's an, that's another thing. What what are some other common? I'm going to say emotional uh, responses when we're talking about healing and working with the the sexual abuse. And this is a, a common one, a real common one. And we all know it's a sense of guilt and shame. And I think it's one of the the most difficult things. No matter how many years we're working through these issues and things, oftentimes it will pop and rear up its ugly little head. And I, and I share with you guys, you know, I'm going around, you're like, oh, come on, T, you know, you're, you're out there, you're, you're talking about these things, you're conducting workshops and doing classes and, and coaching, you know, so you've gotten over the guilt and the sense of shame. I wish I could say that that's totally true, because still... When you put me in front, let's just say, of a group of people that I don't know, and you ask me to do a PSA, which is a public service announcement, and you say, hey, T, will you do a public service announcement for us and talk about you know, sexual abuse for men and share some of the pieces of your story? Before I get into it, there's this little pit in my stomach. And this little pit in my stomach is that sense of guilt and shame because here are people who don't know me, and it's like, uh, what are they going to think about me? How are they going to judge me when I share pieces of my story? Okay. And it doesn't last long, right? It could be just a little, but it's there. I was talking with this other, another individual oh, about a couple, couple months ago. And this person is an individual who is a psychologist who actually helps male survivors. And he's also a male survivor himself. And I just asked him, I said, you know, I I said, um, so, you know, how do you deal with the, the guilt and the shame? And, and he's like, yeah, he's like, even with all my knowledge and, and helping others, he's like, there's still pieces that are there. There are times where it still rears its ugly head. And he says, so that's the thing about it. We are continually and always working on it because it shows up in different ways. Other, I'm going to say, common emotional responses when we're dealing with the sexual abuse, uh, just, just grief and depression. Now, I'm not talking about, now for some people, just depending on where they are, it could be clinical depression. But usually, as you guys have heard me before, usually the individuals that I'm working with when we're talking about coaching, we're usually working with individuals that are in what we call the subclinical, or it's called subclinical depression. So it doesn't meet all the criteria for what the DSM-5 categorizes as clinical depression. But it's still depression, okay? And the brain is still dealing with it. I'm going to say another emotional response, of course, is going to be the, the self-image and, and views of the world. And sometimes actually we become cynical uh, because of it. Or self-image or our body image, how we feel about you know, our body, how we view ourselves. And that's why I said we feel that we're not comfortable in our own skin and it's difficult to be comfortable in our own skin. We're oftentimes comparing ourselves 
with other individuals, you know, with with other men and just wondering why am I not at that level? Okay. Another emotional response of dealing with the, the sexual abuse is just our sexual relationships suffer. And this is a hard one oftentimes for us to discuss. And this is one of the things I love about the workshops because it's a place where we have an opportunity to explore and to talk about these things without, I'm going to say, without fear of judgment. And so we have this place where we can talk about maybe how our sexual you know, relationships What's going on? It's like, man, you know, I'm just dealing with a lot of promiscuity that's going on. And some guys will say, well, man, I just feel like I'm asexual. I don't want anyone to touch me. And, you know, or someone might say, man, I'm just having, having a hard time doing intercourse, whatever, with, with my partner. I'm crying. I'm tearing up. And it's really difficult for them. And then I even had, we had one individual I was working with, and he was talking about because of the actual sexual abuse that had taken place in his life that um, his partner had some kind of preconceived ideas about this and just assumed that he was cheating, that he was being unfaithful. And so that's how the sexual abuse had made its way into this intimate area for them. And then, of course, one, I'm going to say, common emotional response to this is just the simple, you know, drugs and whatever type of abuse, alcohol abuse, narcotics abuse, whatever it might be, because we're trying to numb that pain. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, the reason I share that with you, because here's the reality. The reality is if it's unaddressed and we leave it, I'm going to say, untreated, we're not working through anything We don't have, as I say, your healing plan. The emotional trauma can result in different things. And so it might result for you. And this is, like I said, for those of you, maybe this is your first time listening to us. So I'm kind of going back and I'm just giving you just something to think about because I'm assuming maybe you're the individual. You really want to work on something. You'd be like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So for you that have left it unaddressed. And maybe it's been for a couple of months. Maybe it's been for a couple of years. I have people who actually stalk me. <laughs> they say, you know, Atiyah, I've been listening for you like three, four, whatever, five years, podcasts, following you and stuff, and I've just been too afraid to do anything. And I said, yeah, so how is that going for you? How, how is that going, going for you? And so what's the result well, they say well, the result is I'm just dealing with some self-destructive and impulsive behaviors. And I just haven't had an opportunity to, to really, to really, to, to work through them. I said, was it that you haven't had an opportunity to really work through them? Or have you chosen not to make an opportunity to work through them? See, there's something totally different. So if you're listening to me right now, once again, this is where it happens. Your brain's like, well, wait a minute. Someone's talking about this stuff. Here's an opportunity. And so are you going to jump on it? Are you going to allow it to continue to go on and on? Unaddressed, left untreated, the emotional trauma results. I'm going to say uncontrollable reactive thoughts, rumination. You ever have some of those thoughts you just can't seem to get them out of your mind? Yeah. 
And often that's because, as we talked about before, so many times the broca is broken, right? And so that's the piece, you know, of our brain. We're going to say that causes us to loop. So because it's broken, we loop over and over and over and over again, right? Now there are techniques and things that we can do that we can help to retrain so that we don't loop as much. But guess what? You got to reach out. Feelings we said of shame, guilt, hopelessness, or despair can, can be the result of us not working through or addressing uh, the sexual abuse. How about, and this is one, uh, someone talked with me before, and they said for, for them in dealing with the emotional trauma or not dealing with the emotional trauma resulted for them uh, a loss of whatever their former belief system was. And for them, it was more of, of, of a spiritual, right? And so they said because they had left it unaddressed, they just, of course, began to question a, a lot of things. And like we said, rumination and start going down uh, the rabbit hole. And they didn't really address it. Uh, how about the result when it's unaddressed is hostility and I'm going to say just having an argumentative uh, type of vibe around you. So like you said, once again, you're on, you're on pins and needles. But, man, you just seem to be mad at the world. And I'm going to say, yeah, you kind of have a good reason for it because you've been sexually abused. But when you left it untreated, you just continue to be mad and, and hostile. Then how does that go for creating friendships? How does that go for actually finding the support that you need. So what I want you to think about is this. I want you to just think about five simple steps when we're talking about healing from the emotional emotional trauma. Now, I, know, I know I've already gone over my 20 minutes, but here we go. And here's the first one. And in the next podcast, you know, I'll pick up well, what are the five signs that you can tell that you're actually healing from, uh, from, the, from the trauma. So the first one is this, you've got to be willing to heal, okay? So the desire to feel better, that's going to be actually one of your best allies when we're talking about this road of recovery, but you've got to be willing, and you've got to be willing to heal, and you've got to be willing to do the work. When I shared with you the two guys, there was one guy that he really wasn't willing to do the work. And let me tell you, it doesn't happen by osmosis. It actually takes work. And so I'm going to say don't give in to your ego, which will try to tell you that you know what, that there's nothing wrong. Oh, that I really don't have any issues. Because there are issues, and they're usually those reactions that you have experienced because of the trauma from the sexual Abuse, but here's the thing, they are learned responses, and we can go in, and you can actually work through those learned responses, but you got to be willing, you've got to take that step. And so if you're listening, I want you to, to, to think about yourself, is this the place that you're at, are you willing to take that step? Here's the next thing, you've got to accept support. Okay, 
So whether it be your loved ones, whether it be, you know, your therapist, whether it be a coach, whatever counselor, whatever, you've got to be willing to accept the support. Because when we're talking about healing from the, the emotional trauma of the sexual abuse, it's important to connect with others and to connect with them regularly. And that's so that we avoid isolating yourself. And you guys know my whole concept and coaching philosophy is that healing takes place in relationship, not isolation. So there has to be some type of interaction that's going on, right? Even if, if you're reading a book, you're not isolated because you're entering the world and thoughts of someone else who's sharing what they went through, maybe things that they've done. That's not isolating, okay? Isolating means that I just feel that I can do it on my own. And so there's never any input coming in. And then output, there's nothing to reflect or bounce it off. So you've got to be willing to accept support. The other one I'm going to say is make sure that you're seeking assistance. And seeking assistance from, I'm going to say competent, competent individuals. And so you might, you know, attend maybe individual, either coaching sessions, therapy, group. You know, guys know I'm a big, big proponent of group because one of the, even though I do the individual coaching with uh, clients, what I notice is when they come and now they get to meet people in the group, that's where a lot of the magic actually takes place because now you know that you're not alone and what it does, it creates this environment for you of actually support. And so now you actually have support. Um, I have an, another individual I've worked with for a couple of years, and it was just great. It was just great. About four months ago, this this individual was just dealing with some stuff, and, then, you know, we were just talking, and uh, we took some time to actually just meet up. And he's like, you know what? He says, I don't know if this was a godsend. He was looking back at it, but he's like, that time that we spent together for those few days, he's like, was exactly what I needed to push me over into the other side. He says, and I'm so happy that we spent that time together because it's like whenever this came along, he says, I was ready for it. Okay, so you know what? That means you've got to seek that assistance. Here's another thing. Make sure that you are practicing your mindfulness meditation. Now, you guys, all you guys that coach with me know one of the things I start you out with is with a meditation practice. And it's not sitting, you know, in a whatever pose for two hours. We work you up to 20 minutes. And the number of guys that report how that actually helps to put them back on track. It's awesome, right? Now, of course, I'm, I'm dealing with what? the research, the neuroscience and things shows. And so that's one of the reasons that I include it as part of a practice when I'm working with my individuals. And so I just say, hey, you know, try this for, for four weeks, right? And then modify it and tweak it the way that you need to. But once you've got it down, then I need you to start doing it. Okay, so that was number four. And here's the fifth one. And the fifth one, a lot of times we don't really think of it, but it's just as important. And that is making sure that we're incorporating movement into our daily routine. And this comes from the whole idea of the psychology of what's called play. 
right? And so I told you guys about uh, the book that I had read on play and working with the brain and, you know, how it actually helps us to work through different things. And so that's really important. And so those forms of whatever physical activity, whether it be just out walking, maybe you're walking and actually meditating, whatever, at the, at the same time. But what you're doing is during the physical activity, your body is releasing the endorphins. It's, it's, it's helping you to feel, you know, safe and, and, and stable. And it's really invited to ensure that you're regularly engaging in some type of physical activity because that's going to help actually to create more positive feelings. Okay. So here's something I want you to, to think about. Um, and it's a kind of like a little acronym when we talk, when we use the word trauma. And so the T stands for trust yourself, you know, trust those loved ones around you, the family, those, you know, professionals, ones that are there to help and support you. The R stands for, I'm going to say either the recovery or reclaiming process that it's going to take. Okay, it's going to take time. It's going to take practice. The A stands for making sure that you're attending to yourself, yourself with self-care, self, self-love, and self-respect. The U is just simply make sure that you understand that the emotional trauma that you're experiencing is not your fault. Okay, remember, I give the analogy, someone has thrown the garbage over your fence into your backyard. Unfortunately, you've got two choices. You leave the garbage there in your backyard or you pick it up, right, and throw it, whatever, to the trash can so it's no longer there, okay? But understand that the emotional trauma, it's not not your fault, right, but it's still you get to decide what you're going to do with it. The M of the trauma just means the mindfulness, the movement, and the meditation. So those three things. So I say the three M's. So the meditation, the mindfulness, and the movement. And then the A is about acceptance, accepting that you are a person and that you can be a whole person. So guys, I just wanted to share with you guys, like I said, Kind of welcome, welcome, welcome back. I know it's been a while. Um, been working on a lot of different things. For those of you that are up on the website and you're taking advantage of the, the membership, the Insiders membership, welcome to that. Uh, if you want to start working on stuff, go up there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the one guy said this. He said, um, he's like, it's one of the greatest ROIs, which is return on investment, he's like, that I've ever seen. And so he says, but yeah, but you got to do what you have to to do the work. And he says, now I'm just ready to move to the next level. He's like, and just work with you. Uh, He's like full time for whatever as as a coach, because he's like, I know now where I want to go and where I want to be. He's like, I know that you can help get me there. Thanks a lot for the vote of confidence. You guys know this is one of the things that I love, love doing. And uh, I guess the great thing about it for me is, is that, that we're not just working on the sexual abuse, but we're, you guys know me, we're often working on the growth developmental stages that are stuck in our lives because of the sexual abuse. And so that's where I come from, from with my studies. So we're figuring out, okay, when this happened, what were some of those developmental growth stages that were stunted or stopped? Because often those are the things that we're still dealing with. And so here we are, whatever, age 30, 40 
50, whatever, but we're still stuck in that developmental stage of, of childhood that we were dealing with that either was stunted or never developed, right? And so those are some of the things that we are working on. Hey, guys, uh, once again, thank you guys for being out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for the comments. Thank you for the happy Father's Day um, remarks. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that that really touched my heart. <laughs> Some of you guys made the comments. You actually sent me texts. You sent me emails. And you said, um, you know, that the way that I had coached with you and worked with you was like a father, a father who cares about um, his son, his, his child, whatever. And even guys who are, who are older than I am working with, they said still, it was that father presence that you brought into my life, you know, via the coaching and sharing. So they said I was like having a, a coach, a brother, a father, all these things rolled up into one. And so they said, but so just happy Father's Father's Day. And I was like, wow, that was pretty, pretty awesome um, to hear that. So thank you guys for those comments. And, um, you know, um, I'll keep being the coach, brother, father, whatever that it takes. And that's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm reading the book and it's called um, It Takes What It Takes. And I think that's one of the things that we, we miss out on is that well, how, am I, how am I going to, you know, reclaim my life? How am I going to recover? Well, then you got to do it takes what it takes. And that's what you've got to be willing to put into it. It takes what it takes. All right, guys, until our next, and I do mean our next podcast, and I got a little time here, so I'll be shooting out some other ones. I'll probably be shooting out the one on signs that you might notice that show that you're actually healing from the trauma. So those of you that are working through the things, this might be one that you can use. You're like, okay, uh, how am I measuring the milestones? How can I tell this is kind of where I'm at in the whole healing vision? For those of you... That you want to start the journey, simply go up to Safe Place for Men, click on that member access button, and it tells you right there. It gives you three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. And then what happens is you gain um, access, member access to the website once you purchase whatever level it is of engagement that you want to. But here's the thing, and I'm going to ask you once again, if you're going to do it, engage. Don't sign up for it and pay the money if you're not going to do anything with it. And I'm going to tell you, that's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> that's just one of my pet peeves, right? Uh, one of my pet peeves is working with clients who don't want to do the work. And usually it doesn't last long because I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't think I can help you because you're not get the results that you want to receive if you're not actually doing the work. And so then it's like, okay, let's maybe either find a different route for you or maybe this just isn't the right time. Okay. Whatever it may be. So it takes what it takes. All right, guys, until our next time. Hey, remember and remember to understand this. Even though I say this, remember there's always someone here who cares about you. There's someone here who loves you. And I know that's a hard word for us sometimes because the sexual abuse, eh, it just changes that whole idea 
and definition of love for us. But I want you to know there's someone here who cares about you. And that's one of the reasons I say the things that I, that I do. When I say it takes what it takes, be willing to do the work because it does. All right, guys. So until our next podcast, be safe.